0: Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Garrett, youth pastor at High Praise Panama City. I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. No matter if you just missed a service or if you happen to stumble across our show, we believe and we pray that God is going to bless you through today's episode. So open up your hearts, receive what God has in store for you. Thank you, church family. Um, it's summertime, so I'll uh, go extra long. Um, I'm excited um, just to be here with you tonight. It's kind of a surreal moment uh, just for me a little bit. Um, like Pastor Roberts got insane about nine months ago, I sat where uh, Brianna Gaz sat and just cried through... Um, God of the turnaround. Everyone's clapping and jumping, and I'm just weeping. So uh, it's just great. It's great to be here. I'm excited for what uh, God is doing, not only just in YTH, but in our young adults. So real quick, um, if you are a a youth leader, will you stand up for me like super fast? I just want to recognize you guys. Um, Y'all give it up for them real quick. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happens uh, over there on Wednesdays uh, without those people that you just saw. Nothing's going to happen this the summer without those people. Uh, so if you see them, just thank them. They are uh, very selfless. Just give away their time, their energy uh, to your students. And so... Um, and we're just excited, and we just believe that God's just getting started. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. Um, for the past few weeks, we've been in a series called Young Saints. Um, and now my YTH guys, they should be able to tell you. Uh, it was kind of scary today. Pastor Robert was talking. He's like, hey, have you guys You guys know the story of Moses and the burning bush? And I preached on that like a month ago. And I think every one of them is like, nope. <laughs> I, no, I think maybe one or two is like, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, so I'm, uh, we're going to make sure this is real memorable for everyone tonight. Um, but we're going to wrap up, young saints. Um, I, if you will, go with me to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. Um, and what I want to do, um, and I've been telling the youth this for the past few weeks, we are trying to shift our mindsets from being the church and the generation that is always on the defense that is always trying to defend the church, defend God, defend scripture, where we almost feel like we, we can't, we haven't taken ground in a while. And it feels like with generation Z, especially uh, the church and youth ministries and youth pastors that so many of us, uh, we've almost kind of gone into like defense only mode where all we know to do is, is, is argue for us. And I, I want to really kind of challenge us tonight and where I've been trying to challenge our leaders and our ministry, especially heading into this summer, is that I believe that the Spirit of God is looking for a generation who will, who will say yes to going on, to the, on the offensive. I believe that this generation, I believe that why God is summoning people and calling students into this church is not for us just to have great services, which we do, not to just to have a great internship, which we do, but I believe that what is happening is God has been assembling people for months now, students across every different high school. We were at four or five different high school graduations uh, just last week. And so there is a melting pot happening that is, that is very rare, but I believe God is, is orchestrating this because he is looking for a group of people who will say, we're gonna take some ground. You understand what I'm saying? I believe that this generation that's here before you, those of you that are, that are interned up here jumping and praising, and they are doing, they are kind of breaking away from uh, the mold a little bit of their generation. And so what we're prepping them for and what we're going to continue to go tonight is establishing this mindset that as Christians, we can take ground that maybe we have lost, maybe past generations have lost. So if you're at Romans chapter 10, <coughs> verse 9 says this. This is Paul talking. It says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone, everyone say everyone, Who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved? How then will they call on him? This is my favorite part right here. Paul says this says, How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I love this passage and the reason I really want to see, we're going to camp out here tonight is because what Paul does is he flips the responsibility back onto the church. And so what he's addressing is this growing issue between Jews and Gentiles uh, specifically with the Jewish people that are kind of uh, they don't really want to they don't want to play by the new rules. Right? They don't want to do the things that, that Paul uh, and that even Jesus himself was preaching. They'd rather just continue on their same old ways. Right? And so Paul is basically trying to say, it's up to you. And I believe that, I believe that God would say the same thing to us right now in today's uh, today, that the church, we have put the responsibility on the wrong people. I believe that with, with younger generations, uh, with things that are happening in our culture, the church needs to take up responsibility for some of these things once again. Yeah. I imagine that, uh, you know, especially when Paul starts this, uh, he kind of starts asking these rhetorical questions. He says, <coughs> how then will they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of who they have never heard? See, some of us, I mean, it's, it's really kind of perfect timing if, if we think about it. It's really easy, I think, for the church and as Christians, we kind of get into this mindset where we want to blame and we want to get mad at how the world is acting all the time. One thing um, that I have noticed just a lot recently that I think needs to shift is I think the world knows more about what we're against than what we're for. And I don't think that's how this is meant to be. I, I it, it, it amazes me how silent Christians are when it comes to what we're for, what we believe in, believing that he still heals, saves and delivers. And we're not so loud about that, but man, something happens in a store or something happens on Fox news or something happens on Twitter or something happens then, and we're going to let you know exactly. We don't agree with you. And I hear me. I think it's great that we can disagree with people. And I'm, there are things that I think need to be called out. But man, why, why is it in today's world, people, when they, we talk about the church and they talk about Christians, it's much easier to point out what we don't like, what we're against, who we don't like, and not necessarily what we stand for, what we believe in. Our, our mindset has got to shift here a little bit because this is exactly what I believe Paul is doing in this, in, in this passage. He's saying, well, how will, they, how will they believe if they have not heard? And then he goes further and says, well, how will they hear? If no one is preaching, how will they or sorry, how will they know if no one is preaching? Got to be honest with you tonight. For some reason, the good news has become the old news. And for whatever reason, the news that will set people free of death, hell and the grave has been put in our back pocket. And the things that people need to hear, we don't talk about anymore. If you get anything out of this tonight, if you hear me say one thing, it is this, I want you to go forth and I want the people that you encounter, if it's on social media, in your jobs, in your home, your kids, whoever it is, they need to start hearing good news from Christians again. They need to start hearing what you are for. They need to start hearing what we believe, not just what we stand against. I love it the, uh, at the very beginning, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, at the end, he says, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I have often um, sat amongst other youth pastors. I've been in youth pastor conventions and Zoom calls and, and all these other things. And I've often been a part of conversations where many of us are kind of like, well, how do we get how do we get students in our buildings, right? How, how do we get students to come to us on Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, whenever? How do, we get to, how do we get to be a part of this? And we will sit amongst ourselves, and we will scheme the greatest strategical crazy pizza giveaways we can because we are trying to lure people and teenagers into our trap. And while this works to an extent... There, there is an element that has been lost, something I feel like the, the Lord has been speaking to me greatly about, especially since January. Is that, uh, I can't remember exactly the exact date, but something I felt like God spoke to me. He said, He said, Garrett, I need you to understand that this generation needs hope before you try to bring about conviction. And it wrecked my world with how I think about youth ministry. And I think it should change a lot of us in how we just view church, how we view our faith. See, it's so easy. We, you might have a coworker, someone you go to school with, I don't know, and you would love nothing more for the Spirit of God to convict them <laughs> for their behavior. You ever you, know, you grab your toddler by the arm and you're like, you're not gonna do this anymore. Like we want, that is what we want God to do to people. We don't wanna do that. I mean, we would love nothing more for the Holy Spirit to grab a hold of them and be like, hey, that's wrong, you're not gonna do it no more. And we want this to happen. Guys, I want this to happen. I want this to happen all the time. But I believe what what God is trying to get us to understand is that the church has, for some reason, stopped being the supplier of hope. It stopped being the beacon of hope. You know, Jesus gives us this great example of talking about a city on top of a hill. I think we have to restore hope again. But we've gone on the defense and we've trapped all that hope in here. We want to lure them in. We want to get them. What do we got to give away? What do we got to do to get them in here? And then once they're here, I was telling, oh, I think I believe I told you guys this last week. We've put all of our hope in like, well, we just have to get them in church. And once we get them into the church, Pastor Robert, Pastor Joshua, Pastor Garrett, somebody's going to prophesy. Someone's going to do something. The spirit of God's going to break out. Their lives are going to be changed forever. Can I, I just want to challenge you tonight. If you're in this house and you call yourself a born-again Christian, your responsibility goes deeper than trying to lure somebody into the church. How will they ever believe if they have never heard? And how will they ever hear if no one is ever preaching? And we're not just talking about people preaching in the churches. We've got millions of churches that, probably more than that, that happen every single week. There's preaching all over the world on podcasts, every streaming service. Preaching is not the problem. We've got preachers. But what we don't have is we, we don't have people who are willing to take the preach to them. This is the shift that I believe has got to happen and something that I believe is happening amongst our generation, something I believe that we are doing and starting to do somewhat successfully um, over in YTH, um, I, and hear me, I, I hope you don't think like, oh, the youth pastor's up here, so he's yelling at us and he can get mad at us. And Pastor Robert told him to say those things cause he doesn't want to say them. That's not what is happening here whatsoever. But tonight, I do believe that what, what we just came off uh, Pentecost on Sunday, and Pastor Robert preached a beautiful message, uh, something that even just kind of helped shift my mindset um, with some things as far as positioning ourselves into a place to receive the things God is, is, is wanting to pour out, right? Everyone, y'all remember this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been that long. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, I've often said, and I still believe to this day, I, I know that the Holy Spirit wants to operate in the same way that he did with the early church, but the church has got to operate in the ways of the early church to start to receive some of the things that the early church got. See, we can't look at how the early church, we can't look at, we can't read Acts 2. We can't read these, these great miraculous moments and things that are happening. And be like, well, I want that. I'm gonna get that. That's gonna happen to me. And I'll get into it uh, more in just a few minutes. But how, how crazy of us would it to be to say, God, I want to receive what you gave to them, but I'm not going to act that way. I don't, I'm not going to do what they're doing. Yeah. I, I've told a youth pastor friend of mine recently um, who was just asking me, he's like, I just, can't, I just can't get kids. I can't get kids in my room. Like, it's just, he was super discouraged, and we were just kind of talking through some things. I was trying to pitch some ideas to him and just talk about, you know, and, and everything that it kept coming back to, was that he, he felt like he had everything in him and he was trying to draw people into him. If you can't, yeah, if, if, if we can't take the, the gospel, the good news, you can't take Jesus that's in you to other people, we, then we can't, we can't complain, why, why, why is the church in America dwindling? Why, why, why aren't the young people in church anymore? The reason why youth is growing is because we take what we have and we go to them. I'm not luring them in with cheap pizza. They can find that anywhere. <laughs> and I don't know why youth ministries are so hung up on cheap pizza, but it is something that just, I, I don't know. It might be just kind of one of those things that happens now and for forever. How will anyone preach if no one sends them? Something, um, I was thinking about this after, after Sunday morning. See, when I read Acts chapter two, and we read about the upper room encounter and the, and the, the 120 that are in there, and they're filled with the spirit and they pour out into the streets, right? And there's people from all across the world that are speaking in different languages. And if you read Acts chapter two, verse 11, it says that these people heard in their language, mighty works of God. And it was being spoken by these young, uneducated fishermen, tax collectors, zealots. And they're declaring the good news, the mighty works of God in a language they should not know how to speak. See, the upper room encounter was was not just an experience and something that has got to be torn down, thrown away and put in in a brush pile somewhere is that church is just an experience. There is something about um, our generation where we are failing their generation mightily is we are so keen on trying to create the best experiences in the world. And we try to lure their generation to come see what it would be like to live on the mountaintop. Then we kick them back down the mountain. I'm like, all right, come back next year. If this is just an experience, if this is just what happens here, but has no effect out here, that is not Pentecost. What happened at Pentecost started in a room and then it spilled out to where people were getting saved. The church was growing. And I couldn't get into all of the details of that. But hear me. This is what I wholeheartedly believe. That the Spirit of God is looking for a generation, is looking for a church, who's looking for a people who would do something mighty but would not contain it once we say amen, see you next week. Yeah. That is what I believe. That is what I believe the Spirit of God is looking for. Like Paul says, who will preach unless I send them? What happened at Pentecost? It was 120 people were sent to preach the gospel. 120 people just didn't feel good about themselves, have a great encounter, great experience, and then leave and say, oh man, my batteries are recharged. I feel great. We've got too many spiritual junkies in the church today yeah. where we can go off and we can, we can come be filled or prophesied over, prayed for, have a great message. They, you know, too good to not believe hits just right. And we're good for a, we're good for a couple weeks. You know, we feel like we're on a spirit. We got kind of at that spiritual, like man, me and the Lord really connected and I'll just wait till I need it again. That's a spiritual junkie who comes back only when they feel like they need something. See, what I want to confront just for a moment is this idea that your infilling of the Holy Spirit, that what happens between you and the Lord is not just to get you through week to week. is not just to make you feel great about yourself. It is about accomplishing something far greater than you. Church is bigger than you. What, what God is looking to do is so much bigger than me, it's bigger than this team, it's bigger than this church. What I think and what I believe is that we need a generation who's not afraid to preach the gospel anymore. And like I told you at the beginning, we've kind of sunk into our shells of our churches. Like we'll preach in here, it's safe in here. We can't get canceled in here. May, I mean, maybe someone might take a video, I don't know, I know that's happened. But you understand, we, we've almost like, this is like, like, we're all playing a game of tag and this is home base and we're all too afraid to get off home. We're all too afraid to like, well, this is where, if I can get them in here, it's normal, right? If I can get them in here, they're, they're the minority in here. Everyone else is gonna be screaming, shouting, loving on God. What I, what I wholeheartedly, what I so badly want to see in this generation, what I, what I pray for their generation on a daily basis is that a shift would begin to happen so that what they would, what they would, what would happen? Sorry, what would happen in them, would not be containable. I was I was at FCA uh, just a few months ago in one of the schools. I came not to school it was. And I've, I've been trying to carry this message with myself, people around you, and it's easy for me to talk about schools. I'm a youth pastor, so I know you guys aren't in school, but just at work, you know what I mean, <laughs> in your places. People should be able to look at the way you live and say there is something different about the way they live. And I want to know more about it. I want to know why it doesn't why, why, why don't they deal with the things I'm dealing with. Why does their marriage look healthy? Why, why, why are they not struggling financially the way I'm struggling financially? I, I want to see there's something about the way their life is unfolding that is different than mine. Because that, that should happen, church. That should happen. Your life should be so different than everybody else that people should be curious about the God you serve. But not if all they know is what we're, what we're against and not what we're for. See, at the very beginning, um, Paul says this. He says, we believe in our hearts and we are justified. We confess with our mouth and we are saved. It cannot just stop with what we decide and hear. We have grown too silent. Like we, we want everything to just be an internal decision. I've decided in my heart. I've prayed. I have sang the songs when everyone else is singing the songs. I repeat the prayers when they tell me to repeat after them. And I've decided in here. But it can't just stop with this internal thing that believe in your heart and you're justified. You confess with your mouth and you are saved. How can silly of us? Is it to grow frustrated with the world for acting like the world? How crazy of us is it to get mad and make an enemy out of who we are called to love and preach to when they are acting the way they should be acting? We don't want to talk about Christians who, don't talk, who aren't acting the way they should, but man, we're real quick talking about, well, the world's acting crazy and the world's getting crazy around us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. But can we? I'd much rather have a conversation about are Christians acting the way Christians are supposed to be acting. Those are the conversations I think we as Christians should have one with one another. Those are the That's discipleship. Those are the things I want to talk about. We can talk about how crazy the world is getting. All we want, it's not going to change. Anyway, I'll let Pastor Robert do the rest of that one. Um, he can. <laughs> James, uh, chapter three. Verses 9 through 10 say this. He's talking about the, James is talking about the mouth. He says, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. How... Can we curse the world and bless the lost at the same time? How can we be these people who, man, he's just, we can sing about how he is too good to not believe, but we can't talk about how he's too good to not believe. We can praise and shout and jump about how in here, about how families have been restored, about cancer has disappeared, but we can't tell someone who lives in darkness the same thing. That doesn't make sense to me, church. If we can sing it, you better be able to proclaim it to the lost. If we can shout and praise it in here, we should be able to do it out there. We should be able to do the same things. When I go into schools, I'm not going into schools to try to act like and sound like every other teacher, youth pastor, and student in there. That would be insane. I want to have such a smile on my face. I want to carry myself in such a way. I want to make someone feel loved in such a way that they might not know who I am but like who was that? Right, right. He's either insane or a youth pastor <laughs> and or both. <laughs> because I want them to understand there's something in me that I know they need. They might not realize it yet, but there is something in me that they need. I have the answer to the problems they're facing. You have the answer to what your coworkers and your family members are facing. It would be cruel of us to keep it on the inside. It'd be cruel of us to say, I know it would save your marriage, but I just don't wanna get involved in your drama. I don't wanna get in your business. I believe in the power of, of, of praying and, and laying hands on the sick, and I understand you have a sick family member, but, you know, I'm at work. We just draw lines there. We can't do both. We can't spew from our mouth this, this, this cursing and this, this, this gossip or this slander of one another. We can't, we can't stand before and look at politicians or business owners and just talk about how awful they are. Oh, church, we're going to gather and pray for the president. We're going to love him. But the moment we leave, we curse, him. these things ought not to be so. These things ought not to be so. These things should not be happening amongst the church. And youth, I want you to listen to me for a, a moment right now. I know that you're in a bigger room, and so you feel like you can probably get away with being on your phone. But I'm watching you, and I know who you are. <laughs> and we, Pastor Robert talked about it earlier. <laughs> What should be happening is you can't come here, praise God, bless God, love God, love people, and then go to your church and talk the way your friends talk. One of the greatest testimonies and things that would grab people's attention in your schools, if you would just stop cussing and if you would just stop joking the way that you joke, someone might say, man, why does Logan act so differently than us now? He used to joke and have fun with us. He used to he used to be like us and now he's not. You want a simple way to reach people and tell people you love Jesus, but you don't want to be that crazy religious guy? Quit cussing. (laughs) Quit making nasty jokes. Quit talking the way everyone talks. It'd be the first sign that someone might think, man, something's different about them. It's so simple, but it is so effective. See, because even it doesn't take a Christian, it doesn't take a spiritually enlightened person to identify what is fake. I like think Pastor Joshua said it uh, a few weeks ago, talking about we, we try to act like the church and then say, hey, the ch- church, or sorry, we act like the world and then tell the world, hey, we've got the answer. I'm like, no, you don't. Because for, for whatever reason, we try to act like them to attract them because we think that's what they want. And I'm going off probably a place I don't need to go, but because deep down we think we want to satisfy what they want instead of trying to give them what they need. But that's a different message. I'm getting away where I'm trying to go. <laughs> Here, let me, uh, let me. Let me get it. I got it now. We're going to finish. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. We're going to land the plane. Now, if I don't see anyone again, I love you all. It's been fun. I appreciate my time here at High Praise, and uh, better luck with the next guy. In Acts, chapter two, in Acts chapter 2, we see a sending. We see the beginning of something that literally changes the world. We see people so filled with a passion and a desire to spread the good news, the mighty works of God, that literally nothing can stop them. And what I believe uh, the Spirit of God wants to do here tonight is, is light a match in a generation and in a people who would not just have an encounter or an experience, but would go home and be so annoying to your lost parents and lost siblings and lost coworkers tomorrow to talk about how you have seen cancer disappear. You have seen families reunited and you have seen the great mighty works of God with your own eyes. That somebody, somebody might believe in their heart, might confess with their mouth and be saved. That's what I believe is gonna happen. Steve, you guys can go ahead and come on up. What we're gonna do tonight because we've been taught, Pastor Robert talked about it Sunday, is I believe that the spirit of God is looking to fill people up to a point of overflow that it would spill out on a people who aren't even asking for it. The people who are outside of that upper room that, that day in Jerusalem had no idea about what they were about to receive. They had no clue what they were a part of. They were just traveling for a festival. they probably come from all, I mean, traveled on, on across the land, just going about their business. And they were a part of one of the greatest things to ever happen on the face of the planet, lost people, hurt people. And all it took were some people who were, who positioned themselves, who were obedient, who said yes, who didn't make it some crazy, weird, mystical thing. And then they just said yes to, to a spirit that was looking to do something here on earth. If we believe in Pentecost, you best believe in preaching the gospel to the lost. You believe that the spirit works in the act and in, in the gifts that he does right now as he did 2000 years ago, you better be prepared to take that to the darkest places of your world. Cause that's what I believe he's looking for. That's what I believe. That's what I believe revival looks like. I'm not so much interested in another revival where all it just stays and is confined within the four walls of a church. I think those things are beautiful and they're great. And I'm not doubting where God does them, but man, I would love to be a part of a revival where people can spend about five minutes in this room and turn around because it's gotta go somewhere else. That's what I'm interested in seeing. That's what I believe can happen and, and should happen. Can I get my uh, youth leaders just to come up front and our pastoral leadership team. If you join me up front, what we wanna do tonight is I wanna pursue the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking to youth students. Uh, we're not talking just to people that um, you might you might be here and be like, I, I did that like 20 years ago. What I believe needs to happen here tonight is there to be an empowering time where you can leave this place regardless of your age how long you've been saved what you know your theology regardless of who you are what your story is i believe that the spirit of god is looking to empower you to do something on the earth that only he could do only he could do y'all stand with me i'm going to pray and we are going to pursue this together as a church I want us to pursue this together as as a body, as believers, not just so we can have an encounter here, but because I believe that Bay County, I believe in the words that have been prophesied tonight. I believe in the things that need to prophesied. I believe in the things that have been prophesied long before I ever set foot in this building. I believe in the words that were spoken after Hurricane Michael. And man, if we're gonna believe it, we gotta put some action behind some of these things. And man, if we're going to say we believe it, we're going to say we believe in Pentecost. We're going to say we believe in the scriptures. And we're going to say we believe in the Holy Spirit. Then let's put some action behind these things. Let's put, let's put our, our, our money where our mouth is just a little bit. And let's see what happens in this generation. In a world that loves to speak death and complain about Gen Z, I think Gen Z holds the key. We love to complain about Generation Z and even millennials that are talking about, yeah, they're, just, they're lost, they're crazy, they're just gonna lead this country, blah, 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 blah. And we talk about how, how afraid we are of Gen Z. Satan's afraid of Gen Z. That's what I believe. Satan's, Satan is afraid of you getting a hold of the, the potential that you have within yourself. I'm going to pray, and if you're in this room, and this is something you want to pursue tonight, is being filled with the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking in tongues, to leave this place to accomplish great things in the name of Lord, I'm just going to ask that you would come forward right now, that you would find a leader or a pair of people down here who they are going to pray with you, minister to you. Holy Spirit, we just give way over to you tonight. We ask that you would do something here, Father, that has never been done. Lord, we're not just seeking an encounter. We're not just seeking something uh, to where we can feel good or have an experience, Lord, but we are seeking something that would be far greater than ourselves, that would be far greater than, than any one moment. Lord, but lives would be changed after this night, that the lost would come home, that prodigal sons and daughters would come home, that hope would be restored into dark places. Change our mindsets tonight, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Fill us to that point of overflow tonight. Empower us in the way you empowered the early church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for downloading today's message. Again, we hope that it encouraged you, blessed you and edified you. If you are a high school, middle school, or even a a young adult in the Panama City area, we would love to have you come be a part of our services at High Praise Panama City. Our YTH services are every Wednesday at seven o'clock. The mix, our pre-service time starts at five o'clock. We would love to have you out. If not, find a way to connect with us on Instagram at hp.yth. We would love to connect with you in some way. And God bless.